Good morning. I want to, um, to just offer a prayer for us this morning. So I encourage you to, uh, to pray with me here before we uh, jump into some, some learning together about joy. I watch this morning for the light that the darkness has not overcome. I watch for the fire that was in the beginning and that burns still in the brilliance of the rising sun. I watch for the glow of life that gleams in the growing earth and glistens in sea and sky. I watch for your light, O oh God, in the eyes of every living creature and in the ever-living flame of my own soul. If the grace of seeing were mine this day, I would glimpse you in all that lives. Grant me the grace of seeing this day. Grant me the grace of seeing, of finding joy in the Lord today. Father, together as your people, we gather and, and we recognize that this is an opportunity for us corporately to choose joy. And there, is, uh, there are many things that are happening in this world that would um, potentially cause us to not be joyful. But today, because of you, and in spite of what is happening in our world, uh, we choose to be joyous because of you. We put our hope in you, the God of love, the God of truth, the God who is and who was and who is to come. And today we, we pray for those that may be uh, having difficulty with joy. We think of those right now that um, have been devastated by uh, tornadoes, December tornadoes in the United States and pray that you would bring peace and comfort to those. We pray for healthcare professionals in our region here that are exhausted and tired and, uh, and nervous about uh, what might be uh, potentially happening in the coming weeks and months. And we pray that you would fill them with hope and fill them with endurance and fill them with comfort and peace. We pray that you would fill us with a love that is so strong and so rich and so meaningful that we can't keep it to ourselves, but that it would just get us up off of our seats and take us out our doors to others, to others who need to experience that love, to others who need to meet Jesus face to face and someone with helping hands and helpful feet. For those who need to hear that there's a God who loves them, and who wants to uh, be with them, who wants them to be with him, who wants them to experience his peace and his rest and his love. So today, in a world that, uh, that needs joy, we collectively um, pray that uh, we would day by day, together as your people, choose that very joy. Amen. How are we doing there? I'm getting some ringing happening on the stage here. So it must be my deep bass voice today. Um, just a couple things before we jump into this. Uh, 
we have a baby dedication happening next week. And uh, we're never sure when they're going to happen, but we get some requests in and then we put the call out. So if we missed you and you have a child that's not been dedicated, see me after the service and I can explain to you what that involves. And uh, next Sunday, we want to have some families up here and we're going we're gonna to pray over their kids and, and pray a prayer of blessing over them. Also got word uh, just later this week that um, there's some clothing drives going on. And if you have uh, clothing, outer winter clothing, like coats, snow pants for kids, um, smaller kids, if you've got some of that stuff kicking around at home, could you go home today, dig it out, and bring it in maybe by Tuesday this week? Just drop it off here at the church. The office is open from 8 till 2.30 every day. Just bring it in and say this is for the clothing drive, and we'll take it from there and, uh, and deal with that. And also, for those of you who have been um, helping with the, the Walmart Christmas kettles, uh, there's still a few openings left in that last week before Christmas. You have to go there to do your shopping anyway, so just stay for a little bit longer and, and help uh, with that, and you can uh, be out in the lobby afterwards. I think we're still taking some sign-ups for that. So this week we are talking about joy in this uh, third week of Advent. We've looked at um, hope and we've looked at love and now today we look at joy. And I thought, like, what does joy look like? And when we're together as a people, what does it actually look like to be joyous? I think we got a little taste of that a couple songs ago. Uh, as you guys, like, it, it, we're so typical, like, the song finishes, it's really good, and then you're like... Uh, is, is it okay to, should I, um, yeah, yes, yes, it's okay to clap. And, and that's kind of, we want to express ourselves. And, and I think sometimes we just need to give ourselves the freedom. I think joy sometimes could look like this. And, uh, and there are certain churches, certain congregations where this is just the flavor. So if you're going to be with them, you know that your hands are going to end up in the air at some point, And you're going to allow yourself to express what is going on inside. And, and it just kind of, you know, if you ask the question, what does joy look like? For some, they would say, well, it looks like this. What does joy sound like? What does joy feel like? And I, and I wonder sometimes when we're together, if we're nervous about letting joy take over. And we, we kind of hold back because we don't want to be embarrassed. We don't want to seem fanatical. Um, but I wonder if it would just be something really good for us if we felt full of joy just to let it out and to express ourselves in the Lord and to just let joy do whatever joy is going to do. You know, one time uh, in the scriptures, and these, these are great stories, I'm glad they're in there, one of the kings was so full of joy, he stripped down to his underwear and he started dancing around. And I thought, like, how meaningful would that be on a Sunday morning to experience? <laughs> you know, the disciples were so filled in the Holy Spirit uh, in Acts chapter 2 and, and in what we call Pentecost, that they began to speak in other languages. And people thought they were drunk. And, and I don't know if you've ever been around drunk people, but like when you're at a party or a gathering and people are getting drunk, uh, it tends to become more interesting and more fun. <laughs> Not that I've ever uh, been at a party where people are drinking. Some of you are not sure what to do with that statement. <laughs> That's okay. You can, you can sit with that one. 
Jesus got accused of being a party animal. That's my translation of a drunkard and a glutton. And I wonder sometimes if we're just afraid to let joy take over because it might seem disingenuous. And what ends up happening is our expressions of corporate worship look more like this. Not that that's a bad thing. But I, I wonder if there's the fear that if we just let our emotions express themselves, that it might get out of hand. And so I would encourage you, not that we have to um, be like the first picture every single Sunday, or even when you're in a smaller group or when you're at home, but, but to, if you are experiencing joy, let the Spirit of God just lead you to wherever that joy is going to take you because it's a wonderful expression for God. So what does joy look like? Let me read from Psalm 95 for you, verses 1 and 2. And this is where our Advent reading was. This is the focus for the week. And, and I think it's a great psalm or song. And so verses 1 and 2 read this. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. Let us sing. Let us shout. Let us give praise. Let us gather before the Lord and express ourselves. And I think there are times when we're together as a congregation that we need to choose joy. Because I suspect that there are some of you here today and it doesn't feel like a joyous time. And we're going to explore this a little bit. What do you do when it doesn't feel like a time to be joyful? But here's a song that says, let's choose joy. And if you're kind of thinking about like what joy is... Well, it can be an emotion. Joy is something that I think that wells up within us in some of the things that are, that are happening around us. And I, and I know um, there's this ongoing conversation. I'll hear Christians talk about, well, you can have happiness and you can have joy. And, and we choose joy. And, and sometimes I feel like we, we spend way too much time trying to nitpick. Like, well, we don't want to be happy. We want to be joyful. And, and I just wonder sometimes if that has more to do with our own pride than it does with anything that God might be doing in us. Whether you're happy in the Lord or you've got joy in the Lord, uh, there are things that happen around us that bring that, that cause that to happen. Christopher was just talking about enjoying the kids ringing the bells. That puts a smile on your face. That makes you happy. That brings joy. So sometimes joy, I think, does come from external things. And then there are times when we choose joy, something that's going on inside of us, even though things around us may not be going so well. So I think there are times when joy is an attitude or it's a disposition. Like in Hebrews chapter 12, Jesus was um, facing his crucifixion. And we're told that we should run the race of faith and throw off the things that hinder us and then keep our eyes on Jesus because for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And it's interesting that Jesus chose joy even as he was going to the cross. And that seems a bit odd for a lot of people, I think. 
But joy can be something that wells up within. It's something that we choose to hold on to, something that we choose to embrace, even in the midst of difficulty. So one of the leaders in the early church, James, uh, leader of the church in Jerusalem, he wrote a letter called James. And in chapter 1, the beginning of the letter, he says this odd thing. He says, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And then, and then he just expands on that, saying that trials lead to growth. So when you are going into a time of difficulty, one approach of seeing that is actually to think of it as something to be joyful about because it's going to cause growth in your life. And that's, that's a curious outlook for what to do with this. Now, I think we need to be careful that we don't confuse joy and grief and assume that we can never have grief because we're meant to be people of joy. Last week, we looked at the book of Lamentations, an entire book, five chapters, dedicated to lamenting. And I think one of the reasons that God has allowed that to be in our Bibles is because it gives us an opportunity to experience and express what lament is. There are times when we need to lament. There are times when we are in grief. And, and I know today some of you are here and you are grieving. And what you don't need at least I think you don't need, is to hear this like, well, you can't grieve because then you're not being a person of joy. And I wonder if that's where we kind of got our stiff upper lip stuff, like hold it all together. When, when life is falling apart, have your joy in the Lord. And I think there are just times when you just need to acknowledge like life is falling apart. But here's the fun bit about this song in Psalm 95. Is it is it starts like this. Let us sing a song of praise to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us. This is where following Jesus, I think, gets so beautiful. Because you might be here, and what you need to do is to cry. But you're with a people who are choosing joy corporately. And when we sing together like we just did, it is beautiful. And we are choosing to express ourselves and to say, God, you are God, and we are going to hold on to joy because of who you are. And I just think there are times when you might be thinking, like, life is not good right now. But I'm going to be with people who are characterized by joy. And, and, and I know that there's personality in here. Um, even joy, like personality has, a, has a, an influence on how we express our joy, yes? Yeah. Some of you are, are quiet, reserved. Some of you are very charismatic, and then there's all of the in-between. So joy might be like, woohoo. It might also be... So we're not pigeonholing people into things, but what we're saying is corporately we're going to choose joy. I want to be around people that are characterized by joy when I'm not feeling great. Yes, there are times when I want to be by myself, leave me alone, I want to pout, I need to cry, I, or, you know, in, in my case, I don't typically cry, I, I end up getting angry. 
So, and that's wonderful things to talk to your therapist about. And, uh, and uh, so, I, hey, that's just, that's my reality. So there are times when I just want, you know, not to be that, but often I find myself being thankful to be with a group of people that can be characterized by being joyous, even if I may not feel that way. Because I know that hopefully that will pass and I'll be able to walk back into and participate in the expression of joy. And so I think we just choose joy. Joy because of. The next verses in this psalm, verses 3 to 5, says this. You know, let's sing to the Lord. Let's shout joyfully to him. Let's come to him with thanksgiving. And then it tells us the because. Because the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains. The sea belongs to him, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land too. We choose joy because of, because of who God is. Because when we keep our eyes fixed on him, he keeps things in proper perspective. Even when we're going through some of the difficulty and the challenges that we find in life. Uh, Tim Mackey, uh, one of the the co-founders of the Bible Project that we have shown some of their videos, he writes this, Christian joy is a profound decision of faith and hope in the power of Jesus' own life and love. What joy does when we choose joy as Christians, we realize for many people, and this is where you may or may not agree with me, I think everybody can experience joy. And sometimes it's the things outside of us that bring us joy. And then there are times for people who choose to follow Jesus where we recognize that joy runs much deeper than just waiting for external things to influence that. We choose it because of who God is. We choose joy because because of who God is. And then that reminds us of the story of Israel, of the God who stays faithful to Israel, who is revealing himself to humanity through the nation of Israel. And when you read the story of Israel, and I've encouraged people to do this, as you read through what we call the Old Testament, and, and you kind of find it perplexing and difficulty if you can... Help yourself to zoom out and see the bigger picture. God is revealing himself to the world through this nation of Israel, and they, they do a great job sometimes of showing the world what God is like, and then other times they fail completely. And I love reading the story of Israel, realizing that in many ways, that's my life story. That Israel represents you and us in our journey with God. Always leading to God revealing himself fully in the person of Jesus. So we celebrate, we choose joy because of who God is. And the author here is saying, because of the God who is the king above all kings, all gods, the God of the universe, who holds everything in his hands, whatever is going on in life, this God has everything in his hands. It is not outside of his plan, his ability to lead everything where he wants it to go. And when you read through the story of Israel 
and you read through the Psalms, you will see the reminders again and again of the God who is just, the God who is powerful, the God who is compassionate and gracious, abounding in love, the God in whom we put our hope. So the very passage we started with, Romans 15 verse 13, connects joy and hope. That when we put our hope in God, he overfills us or overflows us with joy and with peace, which we'll look at next Sunday. So we choose joy because of who God is. And also because of what God is doing in this world. And we hear stories of the amazing things that God is doing in people's lives. There are stories in this room of God doing some pretty cool things which are worth celebrating, which can cause us to well up with joy. And, and sometimes so much so that we just need to shout and get it out. We choose you, God. We choose to follow you. We choose to receive from you. We choose to be your people. And we choose to express our joy in both what you are doing and in who you are. And that's a good thing. And then curiously, as you go through this song, it starts with our voice. Let's shout, let's sing, let's clap, let's dance. And then we recognize why, because of who God is. And then the writer says, does something curious. He moves right from praise and celebrating and joy. And then in verse 6, writes this. Let's worship and bow down. Let's kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. We are the people he watches over, the flock under his care. If only you would listen to his voice today. This psalm starts with an opportunity for us to express our joy, for our voice to be heard, which is what we do when we gather together like this. And on on, uh, Sunday night last week, we gathered together and we prayed together and we expressed ourselves to God. And that's what we do corporately. We start with our voice. And then in the midst of all the joy, in the midst of all the celebration, the author is saying an appropriate response in how we follow along with this is to simply get down. And to kneel before the Lord our God, our maker. Because he's our God. We are his people. We are the people he takes care of. And then there's this wonderful phrase, if only you would listen to his voice today. And we're moving from our voice of joy and praise to reverence to God's voice. And that's the cool thing about choosing to be a people of joy is it gives us opportunity to let our voice be heard. And as we let our voice be heard, it keeps us focused on God, which helps everything stay in perspective in the midst of life. And it also creates an opportunity for God's voice to come back, for us to hear his voice. And I think this is where it's not joy because of, it's joy in spite of. So look at these verses here at the end of this psalm. Verse 8, the Lord says, so he's, he's saying, let's shout for joy to the Lord because he's the great God. Let's kneel before him, bow down because we're his people. If only you would listen to his voice today and then the Lord's voice starts. Don't harden your hearts 
like Israel did at Meribah, as they did at Massa in the wilderness. And just to give you perspective, this is when Israel's in the wilderness, they're wandering around Exodus chapter 17, Numbers chapter 20, you can read about these stories. They're kind of ticked at God because they're in the desert and there's nothing to drink. And they kind of say to Moses, you know, twice at the beginning of their journey, near the end of their journey, did you bring us out here to die? And they, they failed to choose to be joyous and to keep their focus on God. And they missed God's voice. And their hearts got hard. So in the midst of hardship, their hearts got hard. And so God says to people here in this psalm, don't harden your hearts like they did because they tested and tried my patience even though they saw everything I did. In 40 years, I was angry with them and I said, there are people whose hearts turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. And there's this curious thing going on here at the end of this psalm. It's like, whoa, what's going on? Like, God's angry with them. And it's uh, this way of expression of what it means, what happens when we turn away from what God is wanting for us. And in the case of this psalm, what God wants for us is rest. He wants us to experience his rest. And in the midst of great difficulty, rather than choosing joy, they just chose to be in despair. And the end result was they can't hear the voice of God. And what comes out of that is a missed opportunity to experience the rest of God. So what God wants for them as a people of joy is for them to experience his rest and his peace. And there's this wonderful connection between joy and peace, between joy and hope, between joy and love. So I want to ask you a question. What is going on in your life right now that is making it difficult for you to express your joy? Maybe it's relational problems. Maybe it's financial problems. Maybe just spiritually you feel like you're dark and you're dry. And I think there's an encouragement here in this psalm to choose joy. And I want to commend you. The fact that you're here is wonderful. If you're watching online, thank you. Because you're choosing intentionally to be somewhere, even though you may not feel like you want to be. And I don't, I don't think that's like guilting or being compelled to do it. I think it's realizing that when we're together with people who are, who are characterized as people of joy, it actually helps us when we may not feel like we're um, having an opportunity to be full of joy ourselves. And so I encourage you, keep hanging out with people who are joyful because they're just fun to be around and they rub off on you and they help you see your life in the bigger picture in the greater perspective you know so so james when he wrote his letter in james 1 8 said, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds and then the letter right after that in our new testament is first peter he wrote two of them and peter's kind of saying the same thing about difficulty and hardship and trials and he's encouraging people to just see it as an opportunity for growth and then to see the joy that comes out of that and he writes this in first peter 1 8 
Speaking about Jesus, you love him even though you have never seen him. And though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious and inexpressible joy. You rejoice with a glorious and an inexpressible joy. Writing to people who are going through very difficult times. Christians in a whole region that Peter was writing to and saying, when it comes to your faith, even though you're going through these trials, you find yourself in love with Jesus, even though you can't understand how. And you're finding some kind of a joy that's coming up from within you, even though you can't explain it. It's inexpressible. And it's just the beauty of being with God's people and God's spirit being present and being influenced in ways that you would never understand if you just chose to be in despair because of what's going on in the world around you. Like hope, choosing joy is an act of defiance in our world. And I don't think it's about being disingenuous. I don't think it's about faking it until you make it. Because that is disingenuous. It's just about holding on to the God who has proved himself faithful over and over again, experiencing him in the spirit of Christ, in yourself, in the community when we are gathered together like this. Whether it's in a big group or it's in a group of four or five, that doesn't matter. It's about choosing joy and then seeing that joy well up within you. And there's this wonderful connection at the end of this psalm about entering the rest of God, being at peace. And next Sunday, we're going to talk about peace in this time of Advent. What's the connection between joy and peace? Um, there's a woman named Veronica Goines. She's a, a, a reverend at a, at a church in the States, and she writes this about peace and joy. Peace is joy at rest, and joy is peace on its feet. I like that. I like that visual description that she's done with realizing the connection between joy and peace. And you can dwell on that and think on that. This psalm is an invitation for us to choose joy and to let that lead us into reverence of God, that we have joy because of who God is, and it leads to having a joy in spite of what is going on around us. And I, and I think one of the biggest pieces in this puzzle is when we follow Jesus together, there's something powerful about how that leads us more and more into experiencing his spirit and his love and his truth for us. And then that just creates this inexpressible and glorious joy that Peter is writing about even though for a time you might not be in that place, but you choose to be with the people who are. And that can be powerful. Let me ask you this question. When you think about um, the psalm here, the other passages of Scripture we've talked about, when you think about joy, what is it that brings you joy? In a time, uh, like traditionally, Advent is to recognize the literal darkness in our world as we're moving into the longest day, night of the year, the shortest day, the longest night. It's a time of embracing the opportunity to reflect, to slow down, 
to being quiet. And in that, I would ask you this question, what brings you joy? It might be being by yourself. It might be being here. It might be wonderful music. It could be silence and prayer. Uh, it could be a sunrise. And along with that, I would ask you the question, what robs you of joy? Have you ever taken the time to actually stop and say, what are the things in my life that suck the joy out of it? For some of you, uh, somebody's face came to mind. <laughs> you know, it might be, it might be that you need to stop scrolling so much. You know, it might be that uh, the news is something that robs you of joy. But pay attention to those things that bring you joy, the things that rob you of joy. Do the one, don't do the other. And in all of it, pay attention to the connection of how faith and hope and love in the Lord Jesus Christ is a thing that fills you with a joy in spite of what is going on because of who he is. I want to finish uh, by just inviting you to um, watch a music video. It's from a band called Rend Collective. And uh, they're kind of Celtic, folky. Uh, I like them. And they have this lovely song about joy. And I'm just going to encourage you uh, as you're following along online or as you're here, watch and let the music move you. It's a great song. Let me finish with this, um, the words of Peter, but a prayer for us today. You love him even though you've never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious and inexpressible joy. Choose joy today because of the Lord in spite of what's going on. See you next week as we talk about peace. <laughs>